Hey, welcome to Sunday Morning with Greer Church Without Walls. My name is Jonathan Wagner, and I will be sharing today, along with anybody who happens to be here with us, uh, feel free to uh, listen after the end of the service. I'm going to tell a brief story of how the uh, Greer Church Without Walls started and, uh, you know, where we are today and, and why we, we do this. So uh, here, moving on, um, just uh, let you know we have uh, Anchor Podcast is the, the tool that I use, and, and Anchor is free. Uh, they'll find you, uh, you know, sponsors. If, if there's anybody that matches sponsoring, um, they offer tools and a tool set that are fantastic for... Uh, uh, you know, recording your podcast, uh, or you can upload from a you know a, a you know, better tools. Uh, oftentimes, I just use my phone, which the quality isn't as best as as good as it could be, but the uh, but the ease is very simple and straightforward. So check out Anchor.fm if you uh, think you want to start a podcast, and uh, well, you know, have a great day. Jesus, we thank you and praise you and bless you. We lift up your name, Lord. You're worthy of praise and glory. You're worthy of adoration, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. I pray you help us to hear what you have for us to hear today and help whoever else it's for. The, the, it'll get to them, Lord, for your glory and honor. Amen. Um, I don't even remember what made me think about this, except... I think it was just something I read in general that just kind of made me have the, go down this rabbit hole of thought. But we often, as Christians, not everybody and not all the time, so don't take it as that way, but the Christian, you know, the church, a lot of times, and and I know it's changed over the last decade or so, even some more, but we approach um, the Great Commission, I guess, kind of the wrong way. You know, when Jesus before he ascended, he's you know he said, "Go into all the world and make make disciples." And so the world, you know, the church has like, oh, we have to go and tell everybody that, you know, we have to preach the gospel. Okay, well, the gospel means good news, but somehow or other, preaching the gospel usually starts out by preaching the anti-gospel, by preaching the bad news. (laughs) You know, it's like, you're all sinning and going to hell. Which is true, but... I've discovered that most people who live in the world already know that, and you really don't need to tell them. They're they're well aware that they're not in a place of whatever, or they don't care. But they're, but they are not. You know, it doesn't really help anybody to say you're a sinner and you're going to hell. They most of them know it. If they have any religious inspiration or, or, you know, touch in their life at all. They're, they're already aware of that. Jesus didn't do that. 
when Jesus made disciples, he did not go around telling people how awful they were. I mean, bluntly, he didn't really do much at all. He, he went, you know, the, the, probably the, one of the first things he did is he went to John the Baptist who baptized him. John and Jesus saw the dove and the spirit descending and John said, this is somebody who's greater than me and I'm not worthy to, you know, tie his shoes. And, you know, and some people, like Andrew, for example, saw that because he was one of John's disciples and he went and told Peter. And so when Jesus came by and said, hey, follow me, they just did. But he didn't do miracles necessarily. Later he did. But when he was calling the apostles and most of the disciples, you know, the, and there are, were more disciples than just the 12 apostles. But when he was calling the apostles, he didn't particularly do miracles to get their attention. He didn't partic- you know, he didn't tell them that they were awful people. He just looked at them and spoke to them. And he said, come follow me. And they were intrigued. They were drawn. They were called. And as the church, if we want to go into all the world and make disciples, we can't browbeat people into coming to church. You can't trick people into coming to church. You can't force people into to come into Jesus. I mean, you can trick people into doing whatever you want, but it's not going to work. But you intrigue people. And what's that mean? That means that we live our lives in such a way that they come and say, what is it with you? What, what do you have? How is it that you can? I don't understand. And then you say, it's Jesus. We add flavor. Yeah. We're the salt. The salt. And that's perfect. And there's people that are in every walk of life that can add that flavor, that can draw other people. And it doesn't have to, everybody can't be the same. If everybody was identical, then only the people that were drawn to that type of person would be drawn. <laughs> but Jesus said, go into all the world. You know? And he didn't, but he didn't say, go into all the world and browbeat people into follow me he said go into all the world and make disciples make men my disciples and the only way to do that is the way Jesus made disciples and that was by simply being he intrigued them by his existence by what he did not and what he said but he didn't tell them that they were you know this, that, or the other thing. Now, I mean, was it uh, Andrew? I think no. One of the Philip, I think. He said, uh, "You were sitting under the tree, and your brother came." To, I mean, you know, he told him something that was like, "Okay, that's pretty mind blowing." That's probably the closest thing to a miracle that he did with any of the apostles, to draw them in as far as performing a miracle. Because later he had he Peter throw the nets over. But okay. but they were all they had already followed right. him. Okay. They were just kind of back fishing and they were like, Master, we know what we're doing. 
we're just trying to get some money for our family. We've been out here all night. He's like, just do it for me. And they're like, okay. <laughs> but, you know, I suppose getting Matthew to leave the tax collector booth was probably a miracle in and of itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but he just spoke to him. He said, you follow me. And he did. And, you know, and he intrigued them. And then they became his apostles. They were his disciples and later apostles. He did not browbeat them. And that's how the church needs to make disciples today. We shouldn't be those crazy people. Sadly, there are some churches that are known as those crazy people. Some churches, quote-unquote churches that I've heard about that I think are those crazy people. (laughs) Um, We shouldn't be those stuck-up people. We shouldn't be those stick-in-the-mud people. You know, the world shouldn't look at the church and, and go, well, Christians never have any fun. Now, admittedly, Sometimes the world has a description of fun or a definition of fun that is skewed. And, you know, we don't have to give in to that. But they should be able to look at us and go, I don't understand how they can have so much fun and not do X, Y, Z. Not be involved in blah, blah, and blah. The world should be able to look at the church and at Christians and go, how is it that you are so, I don't, how, what? And then the Christians can go, it's because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I can tell you how you can do it too. That's when you can really reach people. That's when you can really make disciples. That's when you can really show the world who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Not when they're sitting there having the most fun in the world and you know that they think and ignore you know trying to ignore you because you're trying to you know do something to their vibe <laughs> their buzz whatever and but that that's when when they ask you can help people in the world who fall down. You can help them up. But that's not the time to tell them, you need to be saved so this doesn't happen. No, that's the time to pick them up, give them a hand, lift them up and say, hey man, you're loved. I love you because Jesus loves you. And, and leave it at that. There's nothing wrong with telling them that, but just leave it at that. Because that intrigues them. You know, it's fishers of men. You know, Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. Admittedly, half of his apostles were fishermen. So it was a good, you know, it was a good transition. But fishermen don't exactly, unless you're a spear fisherman, but none of them were, they don't exactly go hunting for fish. They they attract the fish. A fisherman attracts the fish. 
Now, with a net, it's a little bit different, but still, they go to where the fish are attracted to and, and, and just pull them in. But, you know, if you're fishing with fishing line, you're not out there saying, all right, I'm going to throw this hook out there and grab that. Normally, I've, I've done that before and I actually caught a fish. <laughs> caught it in the side of the mouth and pulled it in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but normally, you're out there with some sort of bait, with something that is attractive to those fish. And then you can pull them in. You can catch them. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's what he meant by making us fishers of men, is that we would be able to attract those in the world that need to come to him. So our best testimony, our best answer to the Great Commission is to go into all the world and be attractive. I'm not talking about being pretty, because some of us just aren't, that's not going to (laughs) happen. I mean, (laughs) I I, I count myself in that number, so that's all right. Some of us, you know, but, but we have to be attractive to the world. Not something that makes people go, ooh, I don't want to be around those people. Ooh, those Christian people are, ick. They're all just boring. Oh, they're no fun to be around. And I will say this, just to make sure everybody's aware. There are people in the world who like nothing better than to be around someone who's boring. So those boring, quote-unquote, Christians are attractive to some people because they will draw them out because some people don't want to be around anything that's, quote-unquote, fun. And I'm not even saying that in a bad way. They just That's just their temperament, their personality. They want to be around somebody who's quiet, somebody who doesn't... And you might sit, you know, for weeks in the same coffee shop as somebody and just nod to them and eventually they'll be like what is it about you? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not you didn't do anything you just nodded to them. While somebody else might be, you know out having a blast, you know going to the hatchet throwing thing and doing really good and, and exciting and people look at them and go, what is it about you? You're just always happy. You know, or whatever. So, you just, we can't put people in a box. We can't put the Great Commission in a box. You know, I kind of don't like calling it the Great Commission because a commission implies that you get some reward out of it. And I don't think that there's supposed to be a reward for drawing people to Christ other than just the, the, joy, the, it the joy of drawing people to Christ. Yeah. It's not, right. you know, it's, I don't think it's really, commission just doesn't sound like the right, it sounds too... Financial. It sounds like a worldly reward. Yeah, not a yeah it sounds spiritual. like a, a money reward. But I understand the, the, the older meaning of the word commission means it's like this is your orders, your kind of like a commissioned officer in the military. So I understand that, but it's, it, 
in today's day and age, the word just kind of has a slightly different meaning. So, I don't know. But at any rate, I just, you know, I, I just thought that we need to think about that. Because, yes, we are to draw people to him. But we don't have to be, we can't be in a box about how we draw people to him. We can't limit how people are drawn to him. And and God help us if we say that somebody else is doing it wrong. If we say what? Say that somebody else is doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. If we say, well, you can't make people, you can't draw people to Christ like that. Um, okay. You go talk to Jesus about that and see what he says. <laughs> I just looked up commission. Okay. Um, so I can read it without my glasses. An instruction, command, or duty given to a person or a group of people. They received, he received a commission to act as an informer. Or it's a group of people officially charged with a particular function. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That's that's the definition of that. And then there's the financial definition for commission, which is like a secondary or tertiary or something. But that, that, that definition is definitely what fits the Great Commission. But that's not the definition that most people think about when they hear the word nowadays. Um, unless they're in the military, then they probably do. Yeah. Oh, here's another one from the from the dictionary, Cambridge. A group of people who had been for, formally chosen and given the authority to get information about a problem or to perform. Like a commission, like the mm-hmm. whatever they were commissioned. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like the Warren Commission. <laughs> that 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 was fits that definition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But except they were I, I didn't say they were effective. I said they fit that definition. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So I we just need to think about that though. That that's that's what when we come to every day. That's how we can we draw people. We attract people to being Christians. It's not by telling them, you know, it's not by standing on the street corner preaching that they're sinning and going to hell. There may be a place for that. And there are people that may be called to that. I'm not aware of any, but there may be. I'm not going to say there's not. Um, and I will say that I have heard people preaching on the street corners that were absolutely definitely called to preach. And I could sense that anointing on them, even though the burden of them, what they were doing at the time was, it was a very weird situation. Because what they were saying was so adamantly jarring in my spirit, but yeah, I could sense that they were anointed to to preach. They were called to be, you know, evangelists mm-hmm. but what they were and it was weird 
<laughs> it was very strange. That was several years ago. And I happened to say something to Kenny and Riley, and somebody overheard me <laughs> and stopped me. It was like, hey, I want to talk to you. I'm like, oh, great. Oh, no. What did I do? It turned out they were here from Columbia looking at starting a church in the area, and they're like, is this effective? And I was like, no. <laughs> I said, I was just walking beside somebody and on the other side of the street when we stopped at the stoplight. He walked around the block so he didn't have to walk past them, which meant he was convicted, but he was, I'm not going to deal with those people. <laughs> convicted, but not drawn in. Yeah, he was convicted, but not drawn. He was condemned. He felt condemned by them. Mm-hmm. And so, it was like, all right. So they were like, okay, thanks. But that was, I was like, it was a weird feeling. But but I again, the person that was preaching, I believe with my entire heart that he was called to be an evangelist and was gifted. But he wasn't speaking under the anointing of, of at that moment. I, I could feel that in my heart and I can feel it now. He he wasn't. It was it was causing more harm than good. And it was like, okay, this is a really weird situation. <laughs> so all I could do is just tell the boys and we went so on. The guy that stopped you, did he what did he want from you? He was they were looking to plant a church in Greenville. They were from Columbia and he was just wondering if that was an effective way of reaching out to people. Oh I see. Okay. And I was like, What do you Columbia think? Hmm? Columbia yeah. I was like, is that, I was like, what do you think? He's like, well, no. I said, well, you're right. It's not. I feel like in the grand scheme of things, we're not supposed to be weapons for God. We're supposed to be vessels so we can share. Right. I mean, you know, we have, we have weapons that we can use against the enemy of our souls, but that's not supposed yeah, to be used against people. Yeah, we're not weapons against people. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. <laughs> And yes, we we are to be vessels. We're to carry that, and 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 there are times when, but there are times when God will have you say something that might be very direct, but in general, that's not to an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Usually, that's to somebody that is in the church, mm-hmm. and most of those messages are meant for the church. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. There, you know, there should be messages to the effect of, you know, it's like sinners in the hand of an angry God, which when, when, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name right now. Whoever the Andrew, he preached that message a long time ago and people were holding on to the post in the church because they were so convicted but it's because they were, you know. It could have been at that time. You know? It could have been that they were under true conviction. Well, yeah, they were. Yeah. But that was in the church. That mm-hmm. wasn't, he right. wasn't preaching on the street. Mm-hmm. He was preaching to the church. Yeah, right. And the church was under conviction because they were not where God wanted and that's them to what be. Paul did. And that's absolutely, I'm not saying, so I was making a point that, I'm not saying that there's not a place for messages like that. I'm saying that that place is not out to the world. No, because they don't have any, 
because they don't have any context for that or understanding of it. Now, there will be times when God will say, you need to say this to that person. And it might sound like something that, you know, you're like, I don't know if I want to say that. But that's only after you become salt and you... Right, but if, you know... I mean... They're drawn to you. In, in, in general. I mean, there, there are exceptions even to that where sometimes God just says, say this. And you're like, yeah, true, true. okay. And then the other person's like, what'd you say? <laughs> How'd you know that's what my grandmother always said to me? <laughs> well, I didn't, but Jesus did. <laughs> you know. So. We don't know the context. Yeah. Jonathan Edwards, that's right. Yeah, that's I could not remember yeah. the, his name. I, you think I would remember that? I have his yeah. book. But, but the uh, at any rate, and and that just a brief aside, Jonathan Edwards was said to be one of the poorest public speakers of all time. When he preached that message, he was described as literally reading it monotone from the pulpit without ever looking up. And yet people were just so convicted by the message. The anointing. And the anointing. And yeah. just, I mean, they were just yeah, it was God's word. blown away. But, but it, wasn't, it wasn't because of his speaking. No. You know, he was an excellent student and writer. And, you know, he was, he was very uh, educated as far as his, his vocabulary and his words and all that. But he was not a public speaker. And his message, that particular message, they said he read it monotone and never looked up at the congregation. Ever. Which is like, you know, crazy. But effective. Anyway. So, this week, just be who God wants you to be. And if you don't know who God wants you to be, Ask him. Yeah. You know, you don't have to expect to change or be, you know, a huge difference. Just say, God, who do you want me to be today? What do you want me to be today? What do you want me to do today? What do you want me to see, to hear, just to, you know, whatever. Even if it's just a little tiny thing. And then, again, I'll say this. I've said it before and I'll continue to say it. If you feel like God is leading you to do something, I'm not necessarily saying, you know, there was an audible voice. I'm just saying if you feel like God wants you to do something, do it. Mm -hmm. If you're wrong, he'll be like, you tried. Better be on the safe side. (laughs) You know, if you're wrong, if you get it completely backwards, he's like, you tried. It's like when, you know, you you tell your little kids go go pick up that spoon and bring it over to me and they pick up a butter knife and bring it to you you're like oh thank you that's not what I needed but thank you you don't get mad at them because they picked up the wrong utensil you're like you tried you you did what I asked you to do so and that and God's like that with us so if you are in a situation where you just, you know if you're asking God hey help me today to be what you want me to be and then you feel like he wants you to do something I promise you you will immediately doubt it 
you immediately have self-doubt. And it could be from the devil telling you that. It could be just yourself going, no, 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 no. God's not telling me to do that. Nope, 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 nope. That's all wrong. That's the worst idea in the entire history of all mankind. Usually it's not. <laughs> just you know, do it. Now, I'm not saying if... jump off a building that's not i'm not talking about that kind of stuff but you know if god tells you to to make cookies for somebody make cookies it doesn't matter if they like them or not they'll appreciate the well they might appreciate the effort (laughs) they might not appreciate the effort but somebody will at the very least you did your best to obey and that's where we need to be so just think about that this week and that's how we intrigue the world that's how the great commission will actually work it's not by you know you telling people how awful they are it's by you telling people it's and and it's not even by you telling people how great jesus is it's by showing people how much jesus is in your life just by being true then when they ask, you can tell them how great Jesus is in your life. And then if they ask further, you can say, this is how you can have Jesus in your life. But see, all of those things will happen if we just are true to him. If we, if we honestly are trying to be obedient to him, then people will be drawn in. And we don't have to tell people how awful they are. I mean, I've, people that I've known my entire life that had the most awesome experiences with people being drawn to Jesus around them. It wasn't because they were telling the people that were drawn to Jesus how bad they were. It was because they were telling the people that were drawn to Jesus how thankful they were for them. How awesome, you know, how much they appreciated what they were doing. How, how, how nice it was that you know how how happy they were that they were there doing whatever that job was or whatever that role was that they were doing that's what drew people to Jesus and that's what we need to remember and how we need to emulate it so just think about that this and week and if we do tell people how bad they are then we are sinning in judgment Oh, yeah, I, w- I wasn't yeah. particularly going there, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that's just... That's God's place. Not that's a whole other story. If I didn't know different, I would think you listened to Pastor Darren's message this morning. Well, well I mean, that's good. That I didn't, but, you know. About us, it, you hit m- very many points that he did. At one point he said... I still, he said, I, I hang around with some buddies. They don't know Jesus. I still hang around with them. We have fun. Mm-hmm. If they want to ask me something, they know I'm a minister of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, people have asked, how can you have fun? And still. <laughs> right. <laughs> he said, hey, it's fun. I have, and he does. He is a fun person. And I, you know, I have and I've had people ask me some of the deepest questions about mm-hmm. church and about God in places there's like okay yeah. <laughs> but you know and, and it's just it's just how it is 
Well, Jesus said, if I, if I be lifted up, we'll draw all men. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we're browbeating others. Not lifting too much. We're not lifting him up, are we? No. <laughs> and he's lifted up by Jesus in us, loving people and having fun. Right. Living the same way all the time. And, and you know, just a quick aside or a quick addendum. People say, well, I'd have to change to become a Christian. Mm-hmm. You will. Yeah, but you don't. You don't have to change to become a Christian, and then after you become a Christian, you don't have to change yourself. Things will either change in you. Some people I've known have had things change instantly. They became a Christian, and it was like, boom, can't do that anymore. Not, and it's not because they didn't. It's not because they had to stop themselves from doing it. It just stopped. They never, no longer, it was like, you know, whatever that addiction was or whatever the, you know, mm-hmm. my mom's stepdad, when he was saved, he was a drill sergeant yeah. in like three major <laughs> world war, you know, yeah. not Big both guy. world wars, Spanish American border war in Korea, I think no, was he, not. he wasn't in Korea. He was too old for Korea, but Spanish American border war and World War One and World War Two, and he was a drill sergeant that you could hear a block away, and and he could, you know, he was in the army, but he would have made sailors blush. <laughs> but he was a teddy bear. Well, nobody knew that, no. <laughs> but he got saved, and it was like he said one word, and he's like, oh. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. I can't say that anymore. <laughs> and it wasn't that he yeah. wasn't that anybody told him he couldn't. Yeah, he just no. all of a sudden was like, "Oh, yeah. inside this, the Holy Spirit said, no, you can't do that." And he never, as far as I know, never cursed again. And Kim Gilbert, when he got saved mm-hmm. at that altar that morning, his addictions were all gone. Yeah, he never had a symptom of withdrawal. Right. Mm-hmm. Had been on the high stuff you know he was yeah he was in deep into narcotics and such so but you know that yeah and God just nope Mm -hmm. it's gone and and he's never never had an issue since you know so it's just you know just something to think about you know you don't have to worry about changing yourself if you if if you hear this and you're like, well, I can't be a Christian because X, Y, and Z. Right. That's not true. You can be a Christian if you ask Jesus to come into your heart. Mm-hmm. If you ask him to be your Lord and Savior, to, 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 to save you. And then he'll show you what that means. You don't even have to have an understanding beyond, I need Jesus. And I'm sorry for, you know, what I've done and, and things I haven't done. And even if you don't know what to be sorry for, if you say, I need Jesus, yeah. he'll show you. Mm-hmm. And then you can repent of those things and go, I, oh, I didn't know that. I, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Whatever. And you will change, yes. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to change yourself and you don't have to change before you come to him. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, that's that's something that the world has gotten wrong. So, anyway, that, that was just an addendum. So, Lord, we thank you and praise you. I pray that you'll help um, anybody who needs to hear this, that, that they will, it'll come to them in, in such a way that they, they will be able to grasp it and understand it and know that you love them, Lord. We praise you and bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Sunday Morning Podcast from Church Without Walls of Greer, South Carolina. If you have any questions or you need more information, please feel free to reach out to jonathan.wagner at intheupstate.net. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so on whatever channel you found this podcast. And reach out to me or anyone if you have questions about Christianity.